0: This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at NerdyLegion.com. Enjoy the show!
1: This is the Valiant Central Podcast, episode 137. I'm Martin, he's Paul, and uh, we're, we're, not, we're not going live tonight. We're, uh, we're recording on a Sunday night. Uh, I, was, uh, I had to postpone our live recording last week. And uh, I don't know what's happening this week, so we we were gonna record tonight, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different tonight. I think, Paul, from our pre-show discussion.
0: Yeah, we, we just talked about how we've uh, we've been doing this podcast a long time, and we kind of shift up from time to time how we do stuff, kind of based on reacting to things. And I think we've had a long period of being. More in a place of reacting to other people's reactions to things rather than just getting into kind of the meat of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also think we've been in a place for a long time where, uh, there's been less to just really be excited about in the books. And, um, not that the books haven't been good. I mean, we've, we've, we've been through all those discussions, but there's been less to like really just be geeking out over. And I think that we're, Getting into a place where there's more of that for us, and I want to get back to the root of things. And you know, we're Valiant fans because we we love the comics, and we made a Valiant podcast because we're Valiant fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get back to the to the basics with that. I will say for next week's podcast, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, I mean, you already blasted it on on Facebook and stuff, and some people already saw the tweets and whatnot. But we're going to have uh, Eric Heiser joining us next Sunday evening. Yep. Um, and I was debating whether we should do a podcast uh, like on Tuesday like normal. Um, I'm closing Tuesday night, so that would be like I would have to rush home and barely like be here on time for 10 and
1: nah, don't do family that.
0: life as iffy. So I would say we'll, just, we'll probably not have an episode before the one that we have Heiser on. Um, but you never know. Maybe we'll just do one in the middle of the week anyways. Mm-hmm. We're also uh, want to do that because we do what we want. We don't do what you fuckers tell
1: <laughs> us to do. Well, sometimes.
0: I got to get extra profanity out this week because I won't swear when we have a, a serious guest. <laughs> but I got to say, so, um, you know, th- this all started because I read Secret Weapons 3 today and. I liked Secret Weapons 1 a lot, I was like this is great, as something new and fresh and I like it, I think it's good. Mm. I read 2 and I was like I really like this, I think this is probably the best uh, value book coming out even though I have XO in high regards. Uh, as I said, I think it was last week I was saying that uh, it has the benefit of not only is it good but it's new and fresh so there's kind of an exciting element there that you can only get when something is new and fresh. Yeah. Um, but I read the third issue, and it, like, I think that this is possibly the best comic I'm reading right now. Like, all around. I think the only one that I think uh, I hold in a similar level of regard is uh, Terry Moore's Motor Girl, which is just a good book, good art, um, and good story on a simple level and good story on a deep level and i think that that is a lot of secret weapons well, when the first issue came out i said that too that it could be a book that could be goofy fun and that's about it or mm-hmm. it could be a lot more and i think it is clearly a lot more um
1: I, I mean we can probably spoil number three a little bit right since this is coming out after that book comes out
0: but no this will come out on uh well when when are we going to put this out? We norm- no, I guess we normally do Friday. I had Tuesday in my head for some reason.
1: Yeah, we normally put out Fridays. So maybe-
0: why don't we? Because we basically missed a week. Why don't we put this one out on Wednesday? Would that be okay? Because that way the book will be out, but we're, yes. we're not making people miss a whole week of uh, of our goodness. Because then yes. we'll have Heiser on Sunday, and then the following week we could do Tuesday like normal.
1: Cool. Yeah. 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 So, okay, so spoiler alert, spoiler if, alert if you yeah. haven't read it, apologies, go read it.
0: Should we you know why don't we save the spoilery secret weapons part till later on that way people don't have to stop listening right now because people look forward to the goodness of us.
1: This is true. this is true.
0: so w- we will save the spoilery secret weapons talk for a little bit later um, so that way you can still listen to the podcast and you can just save the uh, the end of it for when we talk a little bit more about secret weapons. But that's tangential, anyways. To the, My whole point of saying that is I read that today and I tweeted and said, uh, you know, I tagged Heiser, I tagged Valiant Comics, I tagged Dinesh, and I said that Secret Weapons is the best Valiant comic book right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, he said, he, he tweeted back and said, Thank you. Wait till you read number three. It comes out next week. And I, I tweeted back and said, "I I read it. That's what solidified it and uh, you should come on our podcast. And that's how it came about. So, you know, we did the, I followed him, he followed me. We started sending DMs and he just, he was a pleasant guy to message back and forth with. Like you could tell some people when they do the, that sort of thing, they're doing it so they can message you and uh, just get the deal set up. You know I mean? Yeah. I did that with Fred Van Lente, um, uh, Jeff Lemire, you know, they'd never talked to me otherwise. and fucking Van Linty never came on the damn show with us <laughs> um, bastard his comics have gone downhill ever since you son of a bitch
1: well you know uh-huh. he, he he was he was on the podcast when uh, when Ronnie took over that one week
0: that doesn't exist because the <laughs> other one was also on there so that podcast is lost
1: I don't know who, who you're talking about doesn't exist I don't know who you're talking about
0: he who shall not be thought of again <laughs> um, but anyways yes I just messaged back and forward uh, with him and uh, he was he was really pleasant to message with and um, I really am looking forward to having him on the podcast and uh, talking, I mean baseball card talk with with the guests is about time. This is what the people have been wanting no,
1: to clamoring nope. for Nobody it. Nobody wants it, Paul. Nobody <laughs> yeah. wants it.
0: He, he lives in L.A., right? Because he's like a, a Hollywood writer and yes, stuff, so yes. he must be a Dodgers fan, right? I mean, <laughs> at least a fair weather Dodgers fan because they're rocking it this year.
1: Uh, I will allow one baseball card question uh, With no follow up Just one baseball card question
0: You hear that folks That's one question per listener So No
1: one in. question per <laughs> podcast <laughs> I
0: don't have any baseball cards I, I don't know what the hell Make people think I collect baseball cards I will collect damn baseball cards Because you keep
1: talking about baseball cards God damn it. No
0: I, cl- I talk about sports cards Uh, More specifically, football cards. But ironically, I pretty much just have basketball cards, and it's just one set.
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs)
0: Uh. Now, I will tell you what I did get that's a collectible that's fantastic, is I got an 11-inch tall Usagi Yojimbo. Oh, really? Yeah, it's glorious. Just at Walmart, they they just came out with uh, these giant-sized Ninja Turtle figures. They have the four turtles, and the Usagi figure just came out.
1: Wait, hang on. I have to go to Walmart's website right now. Usagi Ojib Legends? Is that it? Nope. Oh, here it is. In store only.
0: Mhm. Action hmm. figures pretty much always are in store only.
1: Interesting. Dude, they could at least have a price on. How much was it?
0: I was like twelve bucks.
1: That's not bad.
0: Yeah, I think it was twelve and some change. Totally reasonable price i had really wanted to get san diego comic-con had an exclusive that was amazing and i believe if i remember correctly it was only thirty dollars yeah. But it was an awesome figure amazing packaging and uh and sean from only the valiant tried to pick one up for me but it was sold out every morning he went by uh and he said morning too so it's not like he was going by half drunk off his ass at night <laughs> and of course it was sold out um, but yeah, they're selling for like two hundred bucks now on eBay. I would have loved to have one, but wow. I was happy to get this one uh, because I just I love me some uh, Rabbit Ronin there.
1: I hear you. Ah. I hear you. Anyways, back to uh, back to Valiant.
0: Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yes.
1: Well, you know, I I, I want to, uh, to to resurface this topic uh, that you had briefly mentioned at the beginning. Um and I I gotta say, Paul, I don't know if it's uh so you know, I am I'm I've kinda quit Facebook. Um and I will say I'm I'm quite a bit happier not having the constant barrage of social. Um I still do Twitter, but the thing about Twitter is I don't I don't follow like people with a lot of political opinions. Um and the people that I actually care about on Twitter are people that I actually care about, you know, like friends or listeners of the podcast. Um, so my Twitter feed is just filled with comic chat, and that's exactly what I want. So I don't know if I don't know if it's that, um, or 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 if there is something else going on, um, but I've just been generally happier, and it seems like that has put me in a slightly better place. In terms of my Valiant fandom, Does that make yeah, sense? No, what
0: you just said? Yeah, no, th- what you just said is a huge thing. And this is why I've talked about this on the podcast before uh, plenty of times. But when people, it's one thing to have an opinion that's not positive, but when people subject their negativity constantly about something, it just it ruins the thing for everybody that's why uh when actually when renegade five came out and right away you and i think two other people in our little private facebook messenger group were just shitting on it mm-hmm. i got pissed off because you know what no i want to enjoy this so just shut the fuck up you know <laughs> um that's been my problem in the big group with a lot of stuff you know it's one thing to complain about i don't like this incentive. um But it's another thing to be like, I hate this book, I hate this writer, I hate this blah blah blah, because you're making it to where other people can enjoy it. When it comes down to it, you as an individual have to decide either, uh, I'm going to stay in this group and let this affect my ability to enjoy what I enjoy, or I'm going to leave this group. And I've had a problem with that because we have a Facebook group for the podcast, and in that group I had to deal with that. And... uh, I was not happy with having somebody ruin my enjoyment in my own group and I thought about leaving the group
2: Hmm.
0: because it's my own group, but I thought about leaving it because nobody was listening to me when I was saying this is a problem until it started bothering other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's why it's just, I mean, our group has really been good and even that member of the group has not been a problem since then. I think he finally kind of realized how people reacted to it. and, and like honestly, I'm, I'm impressed with our group. We're we're over a hundred people now, which isn't huge, but we've added in a lot of people that we don't know personally yeah. at this point. Yep. Um. And the group has really been staying very kosher. So props to all you guys for keeping it good. Um. Even when a post comes up about people not liking something, it doesn't just get negative. It's just a conversation, and that's really how things should be. Yeah. But anyways that's a little bit of a tangent off of it if you're subjecting yourself to stuff that's just always being negative uh about something that is supposed to be for enjoyment then you're not going to enjoy it and then you're going to get negative on it because even even if you like the book if you're thinking about the book it's going to bring up all the feelings of frustration about listening to people just bullshit about it Mm -hmm. so that's why you you gotta step away from that stuff um that's why, you know, I like on, I was just thinking about that with my Twitters. I have a surprising number of people that do post political stuff and it's mostly comic people that are posting it. So like with the events that have happened this week, both of my social media feeds have been really getting inundated with stuff about that. And, you know, to one extent, the positive is that, uh, I know what's going on. The negative is it's, most of what I'm seeing, you know, and at some point it's like I don't go to Twitter to only face the news, you know.
1: Well, so here's the thing: like you can't deny what's happening in the world, and and that's not what I'm doing. But at the same time, I feel like Twitter gives me a better place to filter out some of that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's
0: uh, a lot easier too. You can mute people. You um, can
1: mute people. You you can make lists of people. Um, I use uh, TweetDeck uh, for Twitter. And so I have columns set up, uh, so I never see my actual feed. Um, all that just keeps scrolling by. Uh, the only feed that I actually look at is the uh, the Nerdy Legion feed, um, and generally that's like our friends chatting amongst each other, uh, tagging that that uh, Twitter account. Um, but like the stuff that I actually look at, um, I have a, a comics uh, timeline, which I look at, and there's never any politics on there. It's all comic stuff. Um, I have a friends column, which is people like very close to me, like less than 20 people on that. Um, and then I have like a general column, uh, which is probably less than a hundred, uh, maybe between a hundred and 200 people, um, that I find interesting. Uh, and, and yes, there is some political stuff that pops in there. Uh, but most of that goes to my, my general, uh, feed, which I rarely ever look at. Um, the only, the only people that talk politics that i actually have on like stuff that i want to see all the time um is uh who is it patrick patrick searcher uh and ron mars because um, i value their opinion on things anyway and mm-hmm. even even when they post political things it's not you know over the top yeah,
0: their, their opinions are more thought out which i mean that goes with opinions on comics too is it's 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 pleasurable to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't like a comic that you like, if they're thought well thought about what they're saying, because mm-hmm. then it's a discussion. It's the same thing with politics. Yeah. Patrick Zercher he, he has thought into what he puts, uh, one of the other guys who posts a lot of political stuff is Mike Norton. He's, you know, been doing a little Johnny yeah, yeah. comic and his are obviously quite slanted to his viewpoint, but it so happens that I don't disagree with his viewpoint. So it works out. But, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that a little bit today. That And there's still there's just such a big difference between Facebook and Twitter. Like, I think on Facebook, people uh, share, dump stupid crap a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Most Facebook is like the social media you use to keep in touch with your family. And it's like, I got a major difference of opinion on a lot of stuff in a lot of my family. So I, that's why I have most of my family hidden on Facebook, because I don't want to see <laughs> what they post. But, uh Yeah, you know, managing that stuff is important and I know we've both been through that at times where, uh, our ability to enjoy stuff starts to get tainted by something that has no business affecting it. Yep. Yeah. It's like, I, I read comics to enjoy comics and, um, you know, prioritizing the things in life. It's like, I've had to prioritize dropping a podcast that I really liked doing that at some point I want to pick back up, but right now it's just not even in the plans. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just, I have more important things in life right now. And, you know, I have times that go easier, times that go harder, but, you know, this is a stage in my life where life is just difficult. Sure. Um, so I, I got to minimize. I got to narrow stuff down. So same thing with reading comics. I pull very few comics, um, and I've leaned heavier on just really just, I mean, reading what I want to read when I want to read it, getting comics from the library... Like, I just got uh, the first two volumes of Deathstroke uh, from, you know, Rebirth Deathstroke from the library. You know, you guys have been talking about that, really talking it up, and I was interested in reading it. It's written by Christopher Priest, who, yep. uh, for those who don't know, wrote Quantum and Woody, the original Quantum and Woody, yep. uh, back in the 90s. Uh, Christopher Priest is a pretty highly acclaimed writer in comics, and I honestly have never read him very much. You know, I read a little bit of Quantum and Woody, but not that much. mm mm-hmm. um, and so I got them and I read them and I enjoyed them. But I was glad I got them from the library because if I would have sunk the money into them, I still would have enjoyed them. But I would have read them and then they would have been there. I would have been like, I don't really care about keeping these because I'm not going to read them again. Sure. And honestly, how long am I going to remember the story I just read? For it's like it was <laughs> a good read, but it wasn't like something that's like, oh my god, this is this is my book. You know, this is yeah. this isn't this isn't. Uh, I'm trying to think of a more recent example of something that really resonated with me. Um, I don't know, but it, this isn't the, you know, Essex counties of the world for me. That's, mm-hmm. that's not the best example because that's a, a, a bigger one, but, you know, it's like I picked up uh, the two trades of Department H because I have a lot of faith in Matt Kemp and, you know, I pretty much want to own the stuff that he does, so I could take my time reading it, and reread it if I want to.
2: Mm-hmm. So, like,
0: that's where I want to put my money: is the stuff that is going to be after I read it, even if it's just sitting on my bookshelf for a long time. It just gives me that little bit of a good feeling, you know. Sure. Like my Usagi figure.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I hear you. I hear you. I think that's important, and uh, we're still going to do my uh, my. Infamous. I think we have talked about it in like two weeks now. Uh, I'll, I'll be culling my pull list uh, quite a bit. I was actually looking through it today, and uh, there's stuff that um, I've, I've ordered it because I do DCBS. So stuff that I ordered in advance that uh, I already don't plan on picking up again. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll keep the whole thing intact, and we can we can do that. Um, I know people in the the Twitch stream wanted to see that done live, so. Uh, We'll wait for that. Uh, Just
0: send me your poll list and tell me about what percentage you want to cut it by. Don't tell me what you've already cut. Yeah, and that way we'll be uh, we'll be starting kind of fresh with it. Um, But first of all, all of aftershock easy cuts right there.
1: No, those are all staying. All (laughs) aftershock staying. All of um, Lion Forge Catalyst Prime stuff is staying. Um, Then a few like I'll, I'll keep reading Motor Girl and things like that. Um, But I I think like some of those indies even I might just cut them out and wait for trade
0: I ain't gonna lie A lot of indie comics you are better off doing that I mean I've said that before With like in regards to publishing schedules and stuff Yeah, yeah It's it's like like image books So many image books Like when you get down to it They're they're kind of a dime a dozen a lot of them
2: Mm -hmm. It's like if it's
0: your thing Cool, you want to get five uh, Five Sci-fi books that show a lot of penis That look exactly the fucking same mm. if that's your thing, cool, you know But um, man, a lot of those books Are just like, same shit, same shit mm-hmm. So if you get them in trade At least you read the whole story And you get a better assertion of, of what they are But, you know, teach their own too I mean, some people may love You know, just about everything Image does And they just have different tastes Than what they like And that's all cool too
1: Yeah, 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 right, right, right
0: but no, aftershock is uh, is one that like if it resonates with you, you know, it just gives you that good feeling. So you stick with it. You don't worry about there may be a title here and there that doesn't really you know rock your boat. How many books do they publish them on?
1: Um, I don't know, seven, eight,
0: nine. Yeah, so I mean, they, they're kind of uh, similar to Valiant the number that they publish. So that's where you know if if, if they publish eight books. And five of them just knock your socks off. Just roll with the other three, because maybe you're just not in the mood when you're reading them or something like that. But you know, it gives you that uh, that fresh feeling, so mm-hmm. you can stick with it. Yep. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, that used to be how I was with Valiant floppies, and now it's just I, I had to kind of readjust how I do stuff. But you know what? That's how I feel now about Valiant trades. And mm-hmm. uh, I've got I've really built up my trade collection pretty good now and I haven't gone back and started reading it cause I'm still trying to read through a lot of my purge material right? while still reading stuff that I just want to enjoy. Um, I got a big old stack of books that I made a deal a while back with Sparkman sold them to him for super cheap, but I'm reading them as I go and sending him a box as I fill it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it works out for both of us cause he gets surprised boxes of shit tons of comics. And I, you know, have an out for all these books where I don't have to go trade them in. Um, but uh yeah like i've been building up my my valiant ones i had gotten a bunch from like it, i kicked it off getting well first i got a bunch from chris uh from the former valiant podcast that daryl still insists actually exists um
1: and, and, uh, it, it's actually coming back
0: it, you know until it's back it's not back <laughs> so daryl put out an episode and then it's not dead anymore until you put one out it's still dead he tried to hijack my tweet with Heiser Don't forget to come on our podcast. No, Daryl, no, you don't have one yet.
1: Listen, I was going to plug your returning episode with Rafer Roberts, but you know what? I'm not doing that. Fuck <laughs> your podcast.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, so I uh, I got a bunch from Chris because Chris was uh, liquidating some of his double dips a while back. Yeah,
1: yeah, I got some from him. I got the uh, was- Time Walker trades from him.
0: He was he was very kind to me let me just say like he he insisted I stop giving him money when I was paying him for it and like yeah he just he was too kind very you're you're too kind Chris that's that's definitely for true <laughs>
2: um,
0: but then uh, when i when I decided to switch from floppies to trades I went to my old shop and i I traded all my floppies and then used it to get as many trades as I could and that's why I love my old shop is he he quoted me a certain price and he gave me um, 66% more than he quoted, because I always take care of my stuff. So I went in with them all nicely bagged and boarded and in good, in good condition.
2: So mm-hmm.
0: uh, he took good care of me. Um, yeah, I've gotten quite a few. And then, you know, with us having, uh, having Bull Moose Music out here that has comic books, um, when they, like, they already sell their books at 35% off and when they get a used book it tends to be pretty cheap so like a volume one valiant book that would be 10 bucks cover i get for four bucks if i find it used
1: nice yeah uh
0: so i just i keep my eye out when i go uh so that way i can just it's like when you get them that cheap you might as well just grab them you know Mhm. so i'm looking forward to once i i purge through and i still got quite a bit to go but once i get through it all i'm going to start rereading my valiant collection um and yeah, but just those valiant trades, like they give me that feeling now. Like it, it, looks, it feels good to me to look at my bookshelf and see this fat stack of valiant books. Now.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's nice. That's nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And you know, we 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 talk so much about uh, the the negativity stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it just, it just kind of feels. It feels nice to be like on a new level. I just feel so relaxed right now, Paul. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And it's not—it's not the wine talking. I've only had half a glass.
0: Um, I'm it, uh, ready to pop open my second gluten-free beer. <laughs> uh,
1: um, but I think I think just just there's good stuff coming out, and when you when you focus on that, um, and and really find a positive environment to discuss those things, um, it just makes your whole life so much better
0: yeah Uh, and the thing is is there's always been good stuff coming out from valiant but sometimes i mean like they've only had six books for a little bit so you love two books you think two books are okay you think two books well they're not a bad read but you know they're not floating your boat mm -hmm. well that's still two great books like if you focus on those two great books it lifts up the other ones Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i feel right now i mean it's funny because one question that we Somewhat regularly get is Like how would you rank the Valiant books That are coming out right now And lately and Valiant you should listen to this It's getting a little annoying I have to say what books are coming out Because I don't even know
2: exactly what <laughs> books are coming out Right now because
0: they're doing so many Fucking one shots And and shit like that um, And it's fine to do those things But honestly it gets confusing when, like, your books are shifting that much. Yeah, right. Uh, so they, it gets a little annoying. Um, not that it's the end of the world or anything, but, you know, like, maybe, uh, you know, maybe have six books and a one shot coming out, I don't know. But uh, anyways, so like I'll ask that question, what books are coming out right now, and then people are always like, oh, I don't know how to answer that. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look at what's coming out right now. So our top two are Secret Weapons and Exo. Yes. I know that's true for both of us. And Secret yeah. Weapons, I've been really super impressed by it. Exo, I'm loving it. Um, like I said, uh, Secret Weapons has that fresh feeling, the new thing, um, and has definitely lived up to the highest of my expectations.
1: Well, and i got to say, I know by the time we're recording, this is not out. By the time you listen, this will be out. I I I agree with you. I saw your tweet uh, when you and and Eric started going back and forth. Uh, We can probably say friend of the show, Eric Heiser, now that he's going to be on. Um, But, uh, dude, once I read it, like, you were talking so much about it. I was like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and read it. Because they usually don't read the preview copies. Um, Even though we get them a week early, like, I just, I want to read it when everybody else reads them, you know? Um, And I went ahead and I read it. And I got to say, dude, as much as I've been liking EXO, Secret weapons i think with issue three is above and beyond the best book that Valiant's putting out right now
0: yeah it's it uh it will, we'll get a little bit more into specifics later once again because we don't want to sure. spoil sure. too early but uh it issue one showed a lot of promise but it could have gone different directions issue two showed substance like continued substance it was a strong story Issue three elevated it to uh, to another level. It's not just telling a comic story, uh, but the way it was done was just it was just great. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, those two are great, and like I just I, I love Secret Weapons. Uh, just it, you know, when you love something like that, just seeing the imagery or something just kind of makes you feel a little good, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, it's like I mean, when when you're you're a sports fan and you're and your team's winning you see that logo and you just feel a little bit good you know I mean that's why people got the hats and the t-shirts and shit you know <laughs> um but uh yeah you know it's just like that and then EXO you know kind of the same thing it's just it's it's solid it's a good story it's Matt Kent who I love the art's fantastic um you know it's not like blowing my mind like uh like Secret Weapons is but I don't want, necessarily want exo to blow my mind i just want it to be really damn good you know sure 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 you know uh there are certain things you don't want to take you crazy places you want it to be what it is because what it is is really really good you know Mm -hmm. it's like uh you know if, if you're a patriots fan you don't want to see them do crazy ass trades you want to see them just keep winning damn Super Bowls, you know.
2: That's
0: <laughs> kind of that's kind of what EXO is, you know. I mean, I, I just read, by the way. Uh, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. No, we haven't. Uh, I read *Valiant High* because I did uh, *Comicsology Unlimited*, a free month trial of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah it was great.
0: And uh, that book was really damn yeah, good. Really good. Uh-huh. But that relates with because EXO was the uh, the running back on the team. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I love how they did it when they lost the uh, they lost the big game. But they also didn't dwell on it they showed him hanging his head walking off but then it was kind of moment over which I liked because it, it, that gets to be really cliche and I feel like they they manipulated the cliche but didn't rely on the cliche you know
1: so I'm glad you brought that up because I, I haven't heard very many Valiant fans talking about Valiant High um, I know Sean talked about it on I, I think it was on OTV but it might have been on VCR um, and he really he really enjoyed it outside of Sean and I can't remember who was on there uh with him. Uh it might have been our buddy Jeff, but as outside of those like I haven't heard anybody talking about it in any other groups. I don't hear people talking about it on Twitter. Um and as the book was coming out, like I was tweeting about it because I really dug it. Um and I wanted my girls to read it, but at the same time like it it just it almost didn't fit like where they were at. You know what I'm saying? Like I I I like yeah. I like when my girls read comics. ...but it seemed like a little bit older than they are.
0: Well, even Um, your older daughter's not in high school, right?
1: Well, that's true. And I think she might have been able to appreciate a little bit of it. Um, But I thought it was great. Like, it was really fun. It was well done. It was funny. Uh, I gotta
0: say, I think it made Livewire more relatable than anything else.
1: um, Yes, but at the same time, I kind of like when Livewire is not relatable. And we can get to that when we talk about Secret Weapons. Cause I
0: yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, more because I yeah. think there, there's more to say there. But yeah. I think that uh, yeah, the, the way Livewire's been used, let's say pre-secret weapons, uh, but but the way she's been used before has not developed her character beyond certain elements. Correct. And I think that they've they've been uh, they they've failed to develop her in some ways that she should have been developed. But I mean. I mean, look at the way she's been used there's always been a lot of moving pieces going on you know mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. how many things do you do at once but um yes yeah, so I, I was actually fairly impressed by valiant high but uh so back to the books that are coming out right now so we got those two that we know that that we're digging mm-hmm. what are the other four books that are coming out right now i mean they've been doing the one shot right, uh, so, which is probably part of the reason why it's hard to remember
1: well britannia just ended yeah uh, that was coming out regularly. Rapture has one more issue going on. Mm-hmm. You got Secret Weapons, Exo War, Faith in the Future Force just started. Um, I think the next issue comes out next week, maybe?
0: Yeah, so that number six spot has kind of been the one-shots, yep. right? Yep. Yeah.
1: You know, so you yeah, got, so I
0: mean...
1: It... Well, you got Harbinger Renegade.
0: That's, oh, that's a regular... Okay yeah so we're, we're in kind of this weird spot with stuff starting and ending but I mean it looks like we're at least I mean we had a few two or three months of six issues we're going up to seven it sounds like from what yep. you just said yeah yeah um yeah so uh, you know it's like those two are rocking my boat Britannia was I felt like it started off better than it ended um but it was it was good like I enjoyed it from start to end I enjoyed it a lot more than the first volume to be honest um I thought it started off real good, uh, and it, it ended better than the first one ended, too, in my opinion. Mm. Um, Rapture, I know a lot of people aren't really loving it, but I'm not loving it, but I'm enjoying it, and I think we got to kind of see what happens in the fourth issue, uh, because it's either, I mean, it depends on if it ends with a banger or ends with a whimper. If it ends with a whimper, then everybody's going to go like, <sniffs> when they look back at it, you know?
1: Well, you know, but, it, it, uh, I haven't read number three yet, um, because I, I wasn't all that impressed with the first two. And I know it's a self contained story, and that's fine. Um, it just, I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't feel. Well, see, it, it, I, I think Matt Kent can do much better in this type of story. You know what I mean?
0: See, so the thing is, is I think there's one, there's a level of expectations. But I think in, sometimes expectations can be problematic because in this case, I think people expect Matt Kent to always write a quote, Matt Kent book. But you know, that gets boring eventually If everything he writes, he writes with the same fucking formula Um, Which I'm not saying that's what you're saying Or necessarily what what people who aren't loving it are saying Um, But I think that, that, that there is that element Even if it's, you know, not You know, if it's somewhat subconscious Where it's like well, no, this is how Matt Kent writes a book, and that's what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at a lot of his books, and they, they do have a very similar feel because it's, it's his writing style. Sure. But he also can stretch out of his writing style, and people always do the same thing. It, eventually, you're just like, okay, oh, what's going to happen next now because this what he does. Um, this story, I think, is less... So, you know, so, some stories are more about the story Some stories are more about the characters like we know that there's those two kind of distinctions right Mm -hmm. so some stories i think are more about the big bang at the end Uh, i think that you know if you look at uh at like a movie example you have movies that are totally based on the big twist you know like look at the sixth sense you watch it once sure sure, you're like holy shit you watch it again you're like well, he's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's blown. You can't get it back. You know. Right. Uh, M Night Shyamalan has made a career off of that. Um, you know, this is. I, and they don't always have to be like that. Where it's just like the 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 twist. But the, the the twist is just, I think, a type of story that it's it's based on the big bang at the end.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think that uh, that Rapture has been kind of that where. We're seeing some kind of new elements, like we know the dead side exists, but we're hearing about the live side. Now, it really depends on what they do with that. So uh, you haven't read number three, which you should read, but um, number three sets up the big potential for there to be a big bang. Hmm. So it really depends on how they ended now. If they ended in a, in a soft way, it's gonna be lame. It's gonna be like how I felt about uh, Death in the Family when you know in, in New Fifty Two, when it started out so hot, Joker coming back, killing cops in the police station, mm-hmm. and it ends just weak as shit, and I stopped reading Batman.
2: <laughs>
0: um, that's true too. I, I i didn't read. I mean, I read a little bit of the Rebirth, but it, like I stopped reading New Fifty Two Batman at that issue, and I never read any more. Hmm. I haven't I tried to like I got trades and try to like you know get pick it back into reading it But like trying to reread the stuff. I was just like I know where this goes soft
2: Sure, right. right um, right.
0: so it, it totally depends on what they do with issue number four if it's something exciting It's gonna really affect how we think about issues one through three as well. hmm So that, that's what I think about rapture um, so moving on to renegade um you know, let's say let's put a pin in Renegade for a minute. Let's touch on Faith and the Future Force. Uh, have you read issue number 1? Nope. Ah, you suck. What are you doing here?
1: Look, it's terrible. <clears throat> I mean, dude, it's no surprise I'm not the biggest Faith fan and I've heard that it's it's a good issue, but you know like
0: I've got Martin, so, Martin, I've Martin, got Martin. so
1: much other things to read, bro. Like it it's That's... not on the top of my list.
0: The thing is though is Neela's kind of hot, so you should just, you know, read it for that fact. <laughs> it, it was it was a fun read well yeah. you know like I, I enjoyed it but sure. uh, yeah it's it's uh, I think that I will enjoy it more than I enjoyed just the Faith title um, and it definitely has a pretty Ivar feel you know it has a, has a pretty Time Walker-ish feel so like there's definitely more to it than just what we were getting in the Faith title so um, I, it's one of those books that I would chalk up to being a fun read, and you know, I would, I don't expect it to blow me away like uh, you know, Imperium or you know, a book like that would in the same way. But like, it'll just be a book that like it'll just be an enjoyable read. But I'm also not saying that in the sense of oh yeah, you know, Faith is a fun read. No, it's 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 a little more than that. It's more like how I felt about uh Ivar, you know, Time Walker. So I'm gonna say um, this.
1: I'm, I'm I'm flipping through it right now. And I think I might know what my issue was with the the, the faith ongoing that just ended, and it yeah. might actually have been the art, because the Steven Segovia art I really freaking dig.
0: Yeah, honestly, faith art, and they even had some like Nick Spencer did some of that, which uh, you know Aaron uh, you know geeks out over Nick Spencer with his uh, right yeah his uh, what the hell is that book called Morning Glories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick really digs those. Uh, You're talking
1: about uh, not Nick Spencer. Um, oh, oh yeah, God. I'm sorry. What's his Nick name?
0: Spencer's the writer. Uh, oh, uh, I'm blanking crap. out his name now.
1: Yeah, I'm blanking out too.
0: It, it'll pop in my head, but yeah, like honestly, like I, I've seen his art and other stuff, um, and I thought it was kind of half-assed art from him and faith.
1: Joe Isma.
0: Joe Isma, yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with uh, Mike Norton did some. And I wasn't super impressed by it. And I like Mike Norton. Oh, I a lot. love Mike Norton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does Revival. Um, I I haven't read much of what else he does. Like I've seen like I've seen Battle Pug, um, and then of course I've seen the the little Donny cartoons mm-hmm. that he does. Um, but like I read a lot of Revival, and like I really dig Mike Norton's art. One of the things I like about Mike Norton. So, you know, in comics, like comics are kind of in general known for like the the like, heavy sexualization of, of women, right? Like, mm-hmm. female characters tend to be, like, really excessively you know, giant boobs and et cetera, et cetera, right? hmm So, um, I like comics where like, like Terry Moore, for example like, I feel like his female characters are more attractive because they're more real, but they can still be attractive, you know? Yep. And, like, that's kind of how I felt about Mike Norton's art like, in, in Revival, you know, the female characters. Like, I feel like they're more attractive to me than the shit that you see in standard comics. You know, where just everything is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one thing. And you know, in comics, like, I don't know. I, I don't like the the overdone sexualization. Like, I, I find it more appealing when it's approached in those kind of ways. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's like uh, yeah. I mean, just. I don't know. The, the Facebook, like even the artists that I liked and other stuff, I just, I don't know. It's like they, they put a fucking hello kitty filter over everything or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I liked the art better and, and, faith in the future force. Um, so anyway, and then we've had one shots. So what one, one shots have we had in the series of one shots?
1: Um,
0: we had, the, we had the rye one shot. We had, yeah, the history uh,
1: of, there was yeah, they, Blush Blushets Day Off mhm um I think let's see it in terms of uh, one shots the um what's the one that's coming out? Comes comes coming out Divinity Zero Divinity Zero's coming out this week
0: yeah um you had the so I, I think they're different series of one shots if I'm remembering right but uh you had the the Green Knight one with the the Anapata brothers mhm was that included in this group of one shots, or was that kind of like a, a last group of things that happened? I don't even remember. Uh, I that was a while Warrior back. One. That
1: was in April. Yeah. And the Eternal One, the Eternal Warrior, was in May. Uh, Bloodshot's Day Off was in so, June.
0: No. Uh, oh God, I just had it and I lost it. Um, yeah. So you had this series of ones that were kind of like I forget what they called them, but they were like kind of like the throwback one shots. You had the yep. the Eternal Warrior one, you had the Anapoda Brothers one, you had the the Rai Zero, well not Rai Zero, but the the Rai one, um, and then you had the, uh, shit, the other one we just mentioned.
2: So those were uh,
0: Stay Off. Uh, so those were all kind of throwbacks, you know, to an extent to, like, the history of Valiant. Like, obviously, Rai and the history of the Valiant universe is Mm -hmm. a throwback to the original Rai Zero. Mm -hmm. Um, but, like a lot of these, man, they're just they're just recapping uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, Eternal Warrior wasn't really the Any Potter Brother one wasn't, um, but Bloodshot's Day Off and the Rye one; those were just recapping shit that's been going down. Mm-hmm. So, I, and that's like I I think it's cool that they're doing that because you know the fact of the matter is Valiant's been publishing for about five years now.
1: Uh, over five, yes.
0: Yeah, so you need to give uh, you need to give newer fans a way to put all these pieces together. So a book like that does that. But a fan like me that's been reading since uh, that's read everything and has been reading since within the first year
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, doesn't need those recaps. So, um, I guess my only problem with them is the fact that there's only six books coming out while those are going on, so it's right. watering it down even more. Right. Uh, whereas if they were publishing nine and there was that and eight other books, it would feel, feel different to me as a reader, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but they, they were well done. Like I, I think that, that, uh, I still enjoyed reading the recaps and like kind of seeing the pieces laid out again sometimes, you know, cause it's like you, you forget pieces as you go along. Sure. Um, so divinity zero comes out next week. I know you haven't read it yet, but I read it today. Um, and I kind of like how they approached it in a way. Uh, it's still I thought kind of the same thing where it's just kind of laying out the landscape of stuff Mm -hmm. but it did it like all of these kind of have done it in a different way and and I liked how uh, Divinity Zero did it as well kind of showed what's happened showed what's uh, well hinted at what's coming which we've already had hints at and that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. that's all I'll really say about that Um, so let's the, the last book and we wanted to talk about this a little bit because uh issue number six of Renegade came out last week and we talked a lot about issue number five Um, and like you know I enjoyed it from the beginning for what it was and then kind of kept on digging into the layers of it and then you, you built up more of an appreciation for it so what did you think of Renegade number six
1: um, so I thought it was interesting. I uh What did
0: you what did you expect in Renegade number 6?
1: Like Well, I so, uh, that that's an, actually an excellent point, Paul. I'm glad you brought that up. Because when I read the issue, I was extremely confused because it had nothing to do with Renegades number 5. At the same time, I'm trying not to um, think about I, I'm trying to judge a book based on its own merit, right? So okay. I read it, I finished it, and I was like, what the F? Like, I can't like this, because what about the stuff that happened in 5? In like, this is completely separate from that. And, well, here's, here's and
0: wh- my problem with it along that lines is not just what happened in issue 5, what happened in every other Valiant <laughs> comic. Like, this had nothing to do with anything.
1: With anything, Yeah.
0: But I like, uh, just renegade with anything.
1: Yes, but at the same time, judging it based on its own merit, um, I thought it was actually a, a really interesting issue. I, I really dig, like, those history deep dives, and that's kind of what it was. But again, relating it to the overall story, it didn't make any sense. Um, I will say this. I think, I think as an issue it worked well. Um, as part of the arc, it does not. So what I would have liked to see, instead of what they did is kind of like Matt Kent did with Ninjak, is intersperse whatever happened in issue six throughout the arc. I think that would have been really interesting if done correctly. Um, because then you wouldn't get this whole background story about the Stormbringer and the uh, the Alpha and all that. Um, you would get bits and pieces throughout the arc. And I think that would have kind of made a nice... Um, like, end piece to to the whole story, if that makes sense. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens going forward with this, because obviously I think that there's stuff that's going to, you know, build from this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this is kind of setting up a backstory. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked quite a bit last time about, uh, God, where the hell did we talk about that? Was that on that podcast? Where we talked about the shift in direction that they had.
1: Yes, 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 yes.
0: Um, with Renegade. And, I mean, you know, it's like they had the first arc and then they have this big gap and then we get issue 5 that has none of the characters from the first arc in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get issue 6 and it still has none of the characters from the first arc in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We know that everything is building to Harbinger Wars 2 uh, and we know that Solomon and you know presumably the you know the renegades of old uh, are going to play into that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like I mean, you take a hiatus and then you just like confuse the hell out of us for
2: two.
0: <laughs> like you know, if if you look at comics, like you know, you get a comic because you're a fan of something, right? Mm-hmm. Like. You know, I mean, there's property stuff like Ninja Turtles or Transformers that like, well, I'm a fan of that property. So I get these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's, uh, you know, I don't know, Marvel books. You, you're you an X-Men fan. So you get the X-Men family of books. You know, you're a, a Spider-Man fan. So you get these books, you know, um, and stories can be all over the place. Because you're getting it because of the character, right? Sure. Uh, you're getting it because you're a fan of that general property. So, I mean, you could have, like, I don't know, you could have a Daredevil series, and all of a sudden you have an issue that's all about Kingpin.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: is that even going to phase you? Not really, because it's, it, it's in the, the universe, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's in the, it, Not just the universe, it's in the vein of Daredevil. Right, right. Whereas if you had a, a Daredevil series and suddenly you had an issue about Red Skull, you'd be like is this shit?
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I, I don't want Red Skull. I'm not reading Captain America. I'm reading Daredevil, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so, you know, you, you're you reading Renegade and so if, if you're a fan of the, the Harbinger vein of the Valiant Universe, which, you know, it's spread out quite a bit so you can really do a lot with it. Like Renegade number five, fine, you have, you have Gen Zero. That's in the same vein, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even having Hardcore falls in the vein because of of the first Harbinger Wars. But then you have issue number 6 that has like you're already kind of off balance a little bit because 5 didn't follow up from 4 and then 6 has nothing to do with any of them. Mm -hmm. Like nothing about this has anything to do with that. Right. And it may get unveiled as time goes on which is what I would kind of expect but yeah, like, how does this instill confidence in, uh, in the Renegade series?
1: I, I don't know if that's the right way to look at it, Paul. Uh, and, and I guess I'll be the positive one this time. Um, I don't know if, if you should lose confidence in the series because each issue is not following up. I think you need to look at each issue more um, based on just that one issue and not how the whole story's tying up. And I'm not even explaining it right, because what I just said makes no sense. Um,
0: Yeah, you're you're giving way too much benefit of the doubt if you're saying, oh, well, just read each issue and enjoy it on its own. Well, no, you're reading a fucking series. Like, you're not reading a series of one-shots. This isn't, uh, I don't know, this isn't Scrooge McDuck, where you read, you know, each issue is going to be just a new story, like... You have expectations when you're reading an ongoing series, and we've talked so much about ongoing series, uh, uh, miniseries, one shots, all this different stuff with Valiant, and you know, like I think it's fine they're doing miniseries. I think it's fine they're doing one shots, um, but with an ongoing series, with how much they do those other things, I mean, I just talked for how long about how it's hard to tell even what books are coming out because they're like. They, they drop down to six books, and one of them is, is a one-shot every month. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're having books come and go at the same time, you know? Uh, which, that's all fine, and I have no problem with all of that, but then, for, just, when you look at the course of Renegade, it's not just, like, if this was coming out monthly and there wasn't that gap in between, like, I would give more, uh, more weight to your argument, but nothing about this series has Felt stable at all
1: Well and, and I think that goes to my original point though I think if they had structured this Kind of like Kent structured ninjack, it would have ended up Making more sense because I, th- I Think the problem you're having is um, Issue 5 was a departure And you were fine With it because I, I mean I thought the issue Was good I think you thought the issue was good um, It was a departure Though and it was kind of a new beginning And now you have the next Issue where you have another new beginning, you know, and and that kind of that kind of s- sets you back a little bit because you already had this you expectation know, set new
0: beginnings. <laughs> Every single podcast I have with you, I feel like it's a new beginning because I'm trying to forget everything that happened the week before. <laughs> um, no, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm I'm arguing devil's advocate some here because I really don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> uh, like I, I can take stuff with a bigger grain of salt than than, you know, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I definitely like, you know, I saw a lot of people kind of being like, what the hell's going on here with this mm-hmm. issue? And, like, I don't think they're wrong to feel that way, because I think that this is, uh, you know, this is doing a little bit of an injustice to your reader when you're being this inconsistent on something. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that 5 was a departure from 4, and then 6 was a departure from 5, but when you look at the, it's just like piling up now. Mm. Okay, you had the first four issues where um, it was a pretty big change of feeling from you know what we had had before in the Harbinger vein of the Valiant universe, mm-hmm. and we've debated about Dysart and you know and changing to Rafer and all that, and you know that's going to happen. With it's going to feel different, but um, you start with that, then the book goes away for a while. Then you have something that you hype up like crazy, and it has, like, nothing to do with what people expected, because all the characters in that issue weren't in the first four issues. Mm -hmm. And then you follow that up with another book that, like, is going as far as you possibly fucking can from what you were doing. Mm -hmm. So... Like I I enjoyed the book. Like I thought it was interesting, but he, like even I'm reading it, I'm like what the fuck is this? Like am I going to know by the end of this what's going on?
2: Mhm.
0: You know what this is doing, what this is getting to? And honestly, no, you don't. You get to the end of it and you don't know how this has any bearing on anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest problem with it. Like I enjoyed reading it. I have confidence that it's going to tie together. Um but like to get to the end of it and have no idea why I just read this fucking book. Mhm. Like I, I this is one time that usually I, you know, when people are complaining about something, I'm I'm the one that's just kind of like, you got to chill. Mm-hmm. Eh, no, you know, everybody that's complaining about it, like, they got every right to complain about it because this doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> well, that's fine. I thought the issue was fine. I, I understand your point, but I thought I thought the issue was good. Um, I just yeah. th- I just think it would have been better if it was mixed into the overall art
0: yeah if they approached it like you did it wouldn't matter that it was so different sure. it wouldn't matter if it got to the end without you having a clear understanding of why we just read that because it would have been part of each issue it would have been a, a backup story to each issue you yep. know Yep. Um, I just think the way that it was it was presented uh, didn't really do service to you know the, the fans in general really mm-hmm. but we'll see I mean like it was it was interesting. There was crazy stuff, so hopefully uh, you know, there's a big payoff for it.
1: Yeah. I guess so. Let's get let's get uh, to uh secret weapons.
0: All right, so spoiler alert now people. Like not only are we going to talk about secret weapons, uh, but I also I don't drink very much and I finished two beers and I want <laughs> my third. I drink very little now that I can't have gluten. Uh, because I don't enjoy it nearly as much. But, uh, so I, we went to the store the other day, and I'm sure that you have stores like this too, but we have a store right here called Hannaford's that, uh, they have like the build your own six pack section. Yeah, That's, yeah. You know, you can find that easily. So there's not a lot of gluten free beer options, and like at Hannaford's, they just have one. It's called a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have the build your own six pack, and they had, well, they had four, but I was not about to get a fucking light beer. Um, so they have three acceptable varieties of uh, of gluten free beer there, so I made a six pack with the three different kinds so I could try it so i've had to, I'm on my third of having one of each right now <laughs> all of that being said uh so spoiler alert for real uh like not only are we gonna talk about secret weapons but uh we're both drinking, so it's not like we're really gonna know how to hold back sometimes here. <laughs> <laughs> um the so Secret Weapons issue number three. This issue, I think, sets apart this book quite a bit. Um, so, what did we have in issue one and two? Like issue one, we got the introductions to these these characters with weird powers. Mm-hmm. We talked before about the promotion of the my lame secret power is like. I don't think that's the right wording, example exactly, but you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, you know, they had like the name badge thing which it focused on the cheesy aspect of secret weapons which is fine because like that's part of what makes secret weapons unique is the quirky fun of these weird powers these characters have
2: mm-hmm.
0: um issue number 2 got got a, you know got a little more substantial um got a little more serious uh what do you have to say about issue number 2
1: um i mean issue 2 was good I, the whole series has been good I don't know what I'm to say. Let's,
0: story let's, let's, wise, story wise, what, what what do you have to say about issue number two?
1: Um,
0: I, like, I what did it accomplish in in building the story?
1: Well, I mean, it was a good progression. You got to learn a little bit more about. Well, you got a new character first of all, um, which is kind of central to issue three. Um, you you get to see Amanda, aka Livewire, um, a, a slightly different side of her because she's she's very caring but cold at the same time i don't know if that makes sense um unless you read it i don't think that makes sense um and and that's that's kind of interesting um in terms of rexo you you learn a little bit more about where he came from uh how he ties into these kids and you learn about the scavenger um who will end up being important later on
0: yeah so i mean you get a lot of interesting pieces so what you just said about uh, about Livewire, um, so I had mentioned this with Valiant High when I was saying what I said about Valiant High,
2: mm-hmm. I
0: wasn't thinking about this, because Valiant High came out before this. Mm-hmm. But before Valiant High, Livewire was always basically presented as like Harada's soldier turned good, you know, she realized the flaws in Harada, but the only issue that they really tried to build her character much was when they had that arc of unity that was like one shots about each of the different members of unity mm-hmm. and like i was not super impressed by that um I, like i don't think that really i don't know i i should go back and reread it now that i'm thinking about it but like it humanized livewire in ways and like took her away from just being like a soldier um and really good at what she does but like I don't know, it almost read more like a fucking booty call than anything. Like,
2: <laughs> like it's like
0: it played more to like the base instincts of humans. You know, it's like it's like if you have bloodshot, and instead of having that bloodshot reborn be this like huge introspective thing, have them be like, oh man, yeah. So I finally like you know I feel like a normal person again. So I want to go get fucking laid. Um, It's like, yeah, I mean, that's, if you're, if you're a soldier and you go on, on leave, like, that might be how you are, because, you know, you haven't seen a woman in months, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this pretty base, and, like, I kind of felt like, I don't know, that one issue about Livewire, it was not bad, it wasn't that bad, but it was, you know, it didn't really dig into her, I don't think they've ever really dug into Livewire and made her feel like a person, um.
1: Well, I don't know if I agree with you completely. I think uh, that, that, the,
0: that's, that's well, not completely right, but
1: the stuff with Ninjak and her was interesting because I think it did humanize her a little bit more. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know if the way that that was done completely worked because Eric Eric Kaiser did some of that in has done that in this series a little bit. Uh, Amanda did call Ninjak, uh, but it,
0: yeah, it, don't don't get into that yet because I'm getting to that.
1: Okay, but. okay, well, continue okay. then.
0: Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. is It wasn't, like, I was kind of overstating and making it sound worse, but, like, it it didn't accomplish enough. It didn't accomplish a lot because it was one issue and in every other issue. Um, so you know that I've been reading X-Men, like, going back to, uh, to Giant Size X-Men. I'm, I'm reading all the Claremont stuff. Yep. And, like, one of the things I was surprised by was that – Storm felt much more like a developed character early on than she did in the stuff that I've read, which has been like stuff in the last decade. Hmm. Like it's like they, they really simplified her character. You know, it's like it's like I don't know. They closed off doors to her character, and they just made her this like much more one dimensional thing.
2: Sure.
0: Um, and I feel like it's kind of like the like Livewire is kind of like Storm the storm that I knew where it's like she didn't have these other dimensions. You know, she was just, she was Harada's lieutenant. And then she realized that Harada maybe wasn't the best guy in the world, you know, but like her, you know, I don't know, like her motives, like what what's the, the driving factor in her motives? You know, what is like, there just wasn't much feeling to her, mm-hmm. you know, in all this time. So Valiant High, like, really, I mean, obviously it's not uh, not canon or anything, but it added some feeling to Livewire, and that's why I liked it. You know, I mean, she was, uh, I don't know, like, I, I just, it tickled me how it was all done. But then now uh, you get the Secret Weapons, and, like, I feel like this is really unveiling who Amanda is. You know, and, and she, the reason she's doing what she she's doing is she's, like, basically going out to save or help Harada's dispossessed. Mm-hmm. You know, so she was all in on Harada, and then if you look at, you, know, you look at the story side of what's been going on between when she left Harada's side and basically about now, and there's been so much heavy action going on that has she had time to worry about nuances? Has she had time to worry about these, uh, you know, the lost, out souls or whatever
2: mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. because
0: she's been dealing with aliens trying to destroy the world she's been dealing with uh battling harada you know it's like there's a there's a stuff you have to deal with that is i have to deal with this to survive
2: right and you
0: can't deal with like the next level of stuff about caring about things beyond a certain level until you have that like inner circle taken care of like if you can't take care of yourself you're not being you're not able to worry about anybody else
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know so it's like it starts with you have to be able to take care of yourself then you have to be able to take care of like what's kind of right around you then you can go beyond that you know it's like you're not you're not donating 50 bucks a month to save the fucking whales when you can't feed your kids you know <laughs>
2: um,
0: so like it's just like everything that's been on her plate has been too heavy until now so now we're getting off to this story of secret weapons and Heiser just, so I, I didn't know anything about Heiser. Like, so he did this movie, the arrival, which I still haven't watched, which I would, hopefully I'm going to watch it before we talk to him next week. Best movie ever. Um, yeah. Like and you spoke highly of it. You just know I don't watch many movies.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, movies, uh, it takes me a lot of time to be able to get through them. It took me, I think four or five sittings to watch, uh, uh, was it 13 assassins?
1: Mm-hmm. Also a great movie.
0: Fantastic. I loved it. Yep. Um, yeah. So, you know, movies, it takes me a long time. I don't have a lot of time to, to watch stuff like that. If it's not something that my wife wants to watch, mm-hmm. then it's going to take me a real long time. Um, but Heiser over the span of three issues has impressed me to the point where like, I want to see what other stuff he's done. I am so much more excited about the Valiant movies now
2: mm-hmm. because I
0: know he's involved with them because I've had these three issues of, of seeing what he can do.
2: Mm.
0: And the first issue showed promise, but it also could have gone in the direction of just being really cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second issue showed the, sol- the story staying a little bit more solid. But this third issue, man, the third issue just took it to a whole nother level. And even with the second issue, I thought it was, like, the second issue notched it up above XO a little bit in my book. Like, I was really digging it. It was, like, top of my pull list type of material, you know? mm mm-hmm. um, But, you know, then it was maybe, like, 1A, 1B type of thing, and now it's more like 1 and 2. Sure. Um, so since I've been talking for a bit, do you want to start off on talking about issue number three?
1: Um. Yeah, issue three is interesting, because I think there's... So I think it might have been the last episode uh, that we talked about uh, Secret Weapons a little bit. Um, you you've been reading X Men um, as you said the um, old old stuff, not not the new crappy stuff, the good stuff. Um, and I think uh, I think what made like Claremont's run so good was using mutants as an excuse to deal with everyday issues like pertinent social issues right um and and with issue three especially of secret weapons there's there's a lot of the the weird social political stuff that's happening in our world now um but related to these characters uh so what's the guy's name um oh god now i can't remember his name which guy the, um, the 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 chic,
0: uh, Avi. Avi, okay. uh,
1: so so a lot of it centers around Avi, which we we met in the second issue, um, but how he deals with all these prejudices at his school
0: because mm-hmm. uh, everyone. So, but, every, go but, ahead. Before you keep going on that, so one of the things that I want to say about this before we get into the details of it, because if we get into the details first, it'll seem counterintuitive sure. is the way a lot of this stuff was approached it didn't feel like it was approaching issues it felt like it was just a story it was just a story that was happening so like when i read it i didn't really think twice about what was happening and it was funny because uh i as i said i was messaging with heiser mm-hmm. and he thanked me for my feedback on it because he knew he was going to get a lot of hate Uh, and I'll I'll get a little more explicit about that when we get into the details, but he knew he was going to get hate for stuff and he, like he said, it was, it would help him bear up to that knowing that people responded to it positively as
1: well. Mm, Interesting.
0: Uh, when I read it, the stuff that we're going to get into, um, like, I didn't read into it that deeply because, like, I mean, when the character of Avi was introduced, because he was introduced in issue two, right? He was the one that, yeah. Um, like, I saw that character, I didn't think anything of those certain facets that are brought a little bit more into the forefront in this. You know, he he has the uh uh you know the, the, the head wrap on. Um what do you call that? A turban. Turban, thank you. Um s- sorry, like I said, I'm on my third beer and I'm not used to this. <laughs> so I'm forgetting words. Um like that didn't even phase me. Like I, I didn't think anything of it. It was just this was a character. And honestly, it wasn't until Heiser pointed out that there are going to be people who get uh, who get bent out of shape about this stuff that I even realized, like what he was doing to an extent. There, like I realized to an, to to one extent, but then like I realized how much didn't really sink in with me.
1: Right, when right, reading right. when reading
0: issue two or issue three. So go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go ahead on what happens.
1: Oh no, no, you're fine. Um. So so a lot of a lot of this plays on the fact that. A lot of well, I don't want to say just white uh, because there are some black characters uh, that approach him. But how people in general uh, see him, they know he's a Sayat based on the leaks that we saw at the end of uh, the Harbinger book. Um, They know he's a Sayat, and they don't want him there, right? Because he's different. And so, so Heiser, I'm going to
0: pause you right there, real quick, too. Um, So i love that they focus on the sciat but they also address the fact that he gets suspicion because he uh uh of of his nationality
1: well Um, and and i think i think that's done on purpose because i think he feels like he's being looked at as a muslim as a terrorist uh, whereas he like he's a sheik right and so he's like well everyone thinks i'm a muslim because i have a turban um, not, not that I'm a sheik and it's, I mean it's completely yeah, I mean, different part of the world One of
0: the lines was that people don't understand That there's a difference between It's phrased slightly differently But like people don't understand That there's a difference between sheik and muslim
1: Correct But then when he gets approached by this group of Students um, At the school that he's going to It's not because he's a sheik Or they think he's a muslim It's because they know that he's a syat Mm-hmm. Um, and they're posting pictures of him uh, on uh, on Feed It, which I guess is like Reddit, um, to see if like, hey, is this guy in that in that leak of psiots? Uh And people are commenting on it, and that's that's how they determine for sure that he is a sciat. because uh, all the, all the information is private, right? Uh, what's his name? Axe made it public to the world. Um and so he gets approached by this group of guys, it's two white guys and two black guys, and they try to beat him up. And I think this is when the book gets really interesting, right? Because the pitch of the book has always been these Saiyans have powers that are useless. But as as the book is developing, we see that their powers aren't necessarily useless as long as they find a way to use them properly, right? To find a niche where that power makes sense and i talked a little bit about this last episode when i was talking about the purple raccoon and i'm not going to go into that now so go listen to that episode and you come back to this um but that's that's exactly what happens in this issue because as these guys are trying to beat him up like his so his power is he can turn to stone okay so he's pretty much invulnerable um, or I don't know about stone, but you know whatever, like some kind of super That's solid. That's what it looks like, yeah. Um, and so he's he's pretty much invulnerable. But the problem is, when he does this, he can't move. Right, so he, he's he pretty much turns himself into a statue. Um, and that has always been an issue. But in in this particular instance, it actually works to his favor um, because he can turn to a statue, uh, brace the guy's hand. Um, you know, every time they try to kick him or punch him, he turns to a statue. But there's one one panel that I found really interesting. The one guy goes to kick him. He jumps up and turns to a statue. And so as he comes down, he breaks the guy's leg. And then he can go back to his regular form. Um, and I think that shows that while Harada may not have seen the use of these people, with the proper training and in the right circumstances, regardless of what their powers are, they can be really powerful. Um, and I think we see that not just from him, but we see that from the other characters too, from uh, Nikki and from Owen. Um, I, I, I never got the feeling throughout this series that Nikki's powers are useless. Like she can talk to birds; that's pretty much her power.
0: Um, she's been she's been the most confident in her powers yes. in the first two issues. I think we see in this one that Avi is fairly confident in how to use his powers too. Yes. Um, it's Owen, like really, like. The series was presented with the promotion uh, off the bat of you know these are lame useless powers. Owens kind of been the embodiment embodiment of that because he, his powers seem super random. Um, but even in in this issue, you see him say like, "Oh, I did something useful," <laughs> you know. Um, so I think that even he's starting to realize something more about his powers. But um, what's the girl's name? Nikki. Nikki, Nikki was confident from the get go. Like she was always confident about who she was and what she was doing. You know, she f- she found what felt natural. Whereas Owen, I think, was he still just wanted to be a normal part of the normal world. And I think Avi wants to be a normal part of the normal world, but like he has a better understanding of the fact that that's not going to happen, and that probably stems from the fact that because he is uh is uh.
2: Well, he's a sheikh. So
0: he, he's Sikh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, because he's he's Sikh, he knows that he's going to be looked at differently, and he's going to have that prejudice. So he like already had an understanding of that prejudice, aside from the the powers and whatever. So you know, like he didn't already, he didn't have these uh, these dreams of just being a normal part of normal life. Right. That just it wasn't going to happen.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's true. So I have a question. that you brought Owen up? Um, do you feel like the the manifestation that he he had in this issue is a result of him actually focusing on his abilities, uh, or do you think it was just happenstance? Because I mean, if it was happenstance, it seems like it would be super convenient, right? Because uh, that cop was about to shoot if, the cop was about to shoot Nikki, and it worked
0: out a little too well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although you look at, like, when he was at work and he conjured this shotgun and he was just like, oh, no, oh no, oh no, and the shotgun's there. That makes no sense as far as convenience because he didn't even use the shotgun. Mm-hmm. It just, it cost him his job. I mean, you could really pick it apart and say, well, like, well, yes, it cost him his job and then threw him into the situation, which was for the best for this reason. Um, Travis made an interesting uh theory on that, that he was sending himself back these items from the future. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I thought it was a funny theory. I think, do, do we actually talk about that one last time?
1: Um, no, we didn't really.
0: So, uh, oh, was that our last episode? The it was, you didn't yeah. didn't record? Yeah, hey, you fucked that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> you better be recording this fucking one.
1: <laughs> it says I am.
0: Um, but, uh, so yeah, so, so Travis made that, that's an interesting theory, but to me, like, I look at that theory, and that's way too cute. It's like, you know, if you're in the future, and you're trying to help yourself in the past, and you know you need something to reach up and pull down a fire escape, you're not going to send an umbrella, you're going to send, like, a crowbar or something, you know? It's like, you're not going to be cute about it.
1: Really? Because I, um, I think it makes perfect sense, though.
0: Yeah.
1: It, so for example, so for example, the you, you mentioned the shotgun if he hadn't gotten fired from his job do you think that he would be involved in this whole thing
0: well like I said you can look in hindsight and make excuses for anything but I feel like that one that's what it would be is making excuses
1: I don't know man I I think it works out pretty well I mean I see what you're saying don't get me wrong it's Uh, really
0: easy to concoct a story when you have all the details you just have to bullshit in between
1: well I mean isn't that kind of how storytelling works sometimes though you know, the writer has something that they want to do, and so they write a story based on whatever the end game is.
0: Okay. And, so and you, then, as new things come up, point. they so fill I'm in. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a little story about oh, why boy. I can't enjoy Grendel. Ah. Oh. And you know, w- we'll see in the future. Maybe I'll get past this point. So, when you're telling a story, you have to let stuff build, right? Now, this is given more build than what I saw in Grendel, but the reason Grendel was ruined for me is that. I looked this up, but the whatever company first published Grendel, when uh, Matt Wagner, whatever, he, like, went somewhere else, mm-hmm. well, he needed to tell that story, and but they couldn't republish the material he already made because they didn't have the rights to it or whatnot. Yeah. So he wrote an incredibly compacted version of Grendel. And so I, I'm sitting there reading this, And it's basically, like, instead of unveiling to me what's up and making me feel those things, it's telling me. So it's telling me, oh, this kid, he's so fucking smart. He's—he's 18 years old, and he writes novels that are so successful. He's rich as fuck, and he can do anything, and he kills people. He's a fucking villain, but he has a heart, too, and he wants to save this little girl, and she's barely (laughs) younger than him. And, And so, like, I'm reading this, I'm like, fuck this story. no. You do not do this you do not force feed me every fucking aspect of this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and like I understand googling it how it came out but you know what uh, Dark Horse presented it the way they did and that was enough to make me nope I don't want to read this completely done with it and I've heard a lot of people say there's there's good re you know good things about Grendel you got to keep reading it it changes it is different there are all these different Grendels. It's going to have to be in the future because, you know what, I still have it. Like, I still feel what I felt when I read that first part. Hmm. So that's the thing with storytelling is, yeah, you can make it anything you want. But if you make it really, like, forced and shitty, it's going to feel forced and shitty. Mm-hmm. So I that like, my example there with Grendel is uh, is, like, much more extreme than if... They were doing that in secret weapons, and if if Owen was sending himself back these items, like the difference is with, with Grendel, it was really forced, and with this, it would just be it'd be too cute. It'd be a, a little a little too uh, a little too you know eh, it's just real cute. You know, I'll send myself back this, so I'll be like, what the fuck is this? You know, what am I gonna do with this? You know, an umbrella. What am I gonna do with this fucking umbrella? Oh look, I can pull down this uh, fire escape. <laughs> I think it's more, like, I don't, there's got, I think there's something more to the powers. Um, it may be, I don't know, we, you, you can make, like, so many debates and arguments about what different powers can be, but, you know, we, we see powers like, uh, Telek in Gen Zero, where she wasn't exactly psychic, but she was able to slightly predict the future because she could basically reach so many different things that were going on at the same time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like, Owen's power could kind of be like that, like, he kind of gets a sense of what he's going to need, and he is able to conjure up something that's going to serve the need, but I mean, like, where does he draw it from? Maybe he he actually draws it from within a certain parameter of where he is. So you know what so, it reminds you know. me of?
1: You, you Have you read, like, stories about genies and stuff?
0: No, I've never read a story about a genie in my life. Oh my god! I've also never seen Aladdin, <laughs> and I don't like Robin Williams. All
1: right, I'm not talking about Aladdin. I'm talking about like actual like genie mythology. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, um, so so a lot of times, so genies are, are evil. They're not like friendly comedic characters like in Aladdin, right? Genies are evil, and so a lot of times you you make your wish, um, but the way the genie interprets your your words um, might give you a different outcome than what you actually expected. And, yeah. and it almost seems like maybe that that is part of Owen's ability. At least that's what it seems like to me. Um, because maybe he he actually can use whatever crazy shit he manifests in that particular situation, but he doesn't know how he would be able to use that particular thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something like that. You know, it's, it's not quite like he's choosing those items in the future and sending them back to himself. Mm-hmm. Cause what I pitch, picture when you think of it that way is, you know, Owen 30 years down the road, he's an older man, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna send myself this Poke dot umbrella and see what I do with that, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's a little more, like, it's gotta be kind of a mix of things, like, The things that he conjures, he tends to need after he conjures them to some extent. Yes. So maybe he he has, like, some element of a psychic ability, and he has, you know, some element of being able to draw in whatever he needs. Uh, And it sounds, you know, it seems more like it's an instinctual reaction thing rather than, you know, something that he's, like, clearly blanketly choosing. Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's an interesting power, but, like, it, right now, he's the one that's embodying, embodying that the, the goofy, you know, my powers are so lame,
2: <laughs> whereas I don't
0: think, like, the other two characters we've seen are embodying that at all. Like, uh, Nikki talks to Burtz. Like, yeah, you can say that on on paper that's a, a lame power, but she has never presented herself as lame.
1: Dude, is she's pretty badass.
0: Mm. She yeah, she badass. was a uh, like her her just the way she exudes confidence. Like she was one of the characters that like I think really first draws you in in the story. Like she's confident, she's somewhat eccentric, and I think that you know her character is a character that allows this book right off the bat to resonate with a different kind of group of people. You know, like mm-hmm. you know I I work with a lot of younger people. You know, because of the job that I do. Yep. And, you know, like, I I remember being that age too, and you, like, you, part of it is you want to feel different, you want to feel unique. Part of it is you know you're different, and you want to feel confident in the ways that you actually are different. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when you look at younger people, a lot of times, like, the ways that they, they feel like they're special because they're different aren't yep. actually special and different. Yep. The ways that they are different that they feel insecure and that they need to feel secure and over time is actually what makes them unique and different, you know, and not a lot of young people have a, a grasp on that mm-hmm. and, you know, as you go through the years it, it kind of depends like on, on who you are in your environment, whether you take those things and you you embrace them and you you embrace the things that are different about you Mm -hmm. or if you get beaten into the path of society and you ditch those things and you just do the straight and narrow kind of things, right? Yep. You know, like, I mean, I I think it's more socially acceptable now for people as they get older. You know, I mean, we're both in our 30s. Um, As they get older to embrace the things that are kind of like, uh, you know, immature, youthful comic books. Like, they're immature things right um but like i think that uh it's a battle for like when you're young and like it's getting easier for it to be acceptable now um but it's still like when you're young even like you and i are in our 30s and nobody gives a shit if we like comic books
2: right
0: you know whereas like a decade ago people probably been like why is this fucking 30 year old like comic books you know why go fucking support your family you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: for for the younger people they're still dealing with this shit because everybody's so judgmental with younger people you know mm-hmm. so I feel like with, with Nikki it's like she's a character that she embraces who she is she doesn't give a shit she sleeps on the roof with birds she does what she wants to do because it feels right to her and you know it's not just doing weird shit to do weird shit to get away from normal shit
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's embracing what is really there for her and like you look at her situation her situation's messed up like is she supposed to embrace you know being shoved in this like commune for the 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 harada fuck-ups no she never embraces that she feels a lot more comfortable going with what feels right to her right and as we see through three issues of this book what feels right to her is a lot more right than what owen thought was feeling right to him you know Mm
1: mm-hmm no, that's true. And you know what's really good is even through all that, uh, as young as these characters are, and as old as we are, you you never feel like you're getting that like CW feeling on this book. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, the, if you watch a CW uh, show, I totally know what you mean? Yeah, you watch a CW show, you're like, okay, this is for like you know people ten years younger than me. Uh, but you can maybe appreciate certain aspects of it. I know I do. I know maybe you don't. Um, but like with this book, there's none of that. You know, and, and I often see like um I think we've talked about this with like Garrett, for example, right? So when when Marvel was relaunching some of their characters, Garrett really liked it. Like the the uh, Moon Girl and Devil Soar and uh the the new uh Amadeus Cho Hulk and all that. Um because he, he is a lot younger, right? And and I guess that maybe resonates with that group, but for us older folks that were reading those books, we're like, Well, what the F is this crap? Uh, and, and you never get a feel of that from this book and i think that's that, that says a lot um not just for eric as a writer but for for what valiant is trying to do with this book um i know like you know they they try to reangle faith as a book that maybe old fans and new fans will enjoy um and that's fine I, from my understanding like everyone is digging that book i just haven't read it yet um but i think ultimately that's what makes secret weapons stand out above and beyond the rest of the line is that it it gives you it gives you something for old readers and for new readers for people that like superpowers and people that don't like superpowers um and ultimately it's a book about people and how they relate to each other and and the the powers thing is kind of secondary Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i think that works really well
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And i got to say, I have not heard one person... I I hear comments about other books. I have not heard one person say a bad thing about this book.
0: Yeah. Uh, So let's break down into some of the details that really stood out to me about this book. Um, So, you know, we we brushed up against them some, but so Avi is starting to get profiled while he's in his class, and he's leaving, and he gets... Uh, accosted by a group of people from the school that want him out.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, like part of it is uh, presented as because of his um, ethnicity, but then it turns out that they know he's a Psyot and they they want him gone. But they make the, the parallel I think pretty clear there that This is representing something in real life that happens because of people's ethnicity, right? Right. So then he gets assaulted by these football players, basically, which we find out a little bit later. Um, And he uses his powers just to defend himself. He's not even trying to strike them. The only time that he has any kind of offense in this is the one that you mentioned where he actually the 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 kids trying to kick his legs out from under him and he jumps and turns into the statue so he comes down the kid's leg like a statue and breaks his leg. Yep. And, you know, even that that's that's turning defense into offense to some extent, but like even then he knows you know, he's arguing with himself like, "No, don't do this. You know, you you don't want to cross this line." But then he crosses it because, you know, I mean, what are you going to do when when you're just trying to live your life? You're just trying to be normal. You're not hurting anybody, and people want to assault you just for who you are. Mm-hmm. So then, after that situation, then he gets confronted by cops. And so, so here in this comic book, they're addressing you know the issues of police brutality.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the, the cop pops his hood to cover the dashboard cam, and then the cops. You know, like, you know, you you hurt our football players, so now you're going to get hurt. Right. And then, you know, it ends up being this fight between the cops and the psyops, and it goes all beyond that. But so, man, this issue, it confronts, um, you know, discrimination, it confronts hate crimes, it confronts police, uh, police brutality, like, all these different things that are such heavy issues. But the biggest thing that stood out to me about it was that it did all those things without ever feeling like it was preaching. Because hmm. usually you see those things in, in a comic book and it feels a lot more like this is an issue and now you're all going to stop enjoying this comic book and this fucking issue <laughs> is yeah, what, yeah, yeah. It's what it's all about, you know? Yep, and yep. this, no, it was just, it was part, it was the course of the, the story of the comic book. And you're reading the comic book and you never stop to to, like, oh, God, like, now this issue, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, now I have to focus on this stuff. And so many comic books do that. And honestly, like, so many creators manipulate that, and they they utilize that to try to get uh, attention, which is something we've kind of talked about before with a certain comic book. Yep. Uh, But, yeah, with it, like, that was the biggest thing that stood out to me, is he accomplished confronting these three issues that are huge issues, Without ever feeling like he was trying to confront these issues in this comic book.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree. Like I said, and, and that goes to real world too, man. You know, we were talking about uh, social earlier. There, there's a there's a way to do things where you're not going to alienate people, even when they agree with you, right? And I think that's especially important in a story that's being read by a lot of people you know you can you can throw in political or social uh issues into a book without feeling preachy And, and i think this book does it really well really really well
0: so you and i both have a background in literature and one of the things i feel strongest about why it's important for people to read literature is it makes you grow uh some level of empathy for a wide variety of people yep yeah, you, you read books about people that are that are criminal that are despicable people but if they're the protagonist you have to have like how are you connecting with them like you have to have some kind of connection with them even when what they're doing is wrong
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and like I feel like this comic book fits more into that kind of category than what you generally see in comic books where you're seeing these different people and it's not being presented with an agenda. It's being presented in a much more literary way, where it's you know, it's the story. Like this is what really happens. This is the real story, and it's not sensationalizing stuff, and it's not, uh, it's, not it's not taking advantage of those things to to, to gain attention. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if you're reading this and you like the book and you have no reason to dislike Avi. If, if you read this and you have and you feel like you dislike Avi, like in issue number two, like he's, he's just a student, you know? So if you're disliking him at that point, <laughs> think about why you're disliking him, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you get out of this and you're disliking that character, like why are you disliking that character? You really got to look at why you're disliking that character because there's no reason for you to dislike that character. Agreed so like you have to read this and and there's no reason for you to feel against this character so you're reading this and and he's just being attacked by people so you have to be empathetic towards him and if you're not empathetic towards him you probably have a fucking problem so you know (laughs) stop listening to this podcast and go get help because you have real problems with being a shithead
1: yeah, you know, I normally don't say that kind of thing on this particular show, but I know when when Nick and I do Nerd Legion, it comes up quite often because uh, because I make fun of Trump all the time. Um, you know, like uh chances are, if you listen to one of our podcasts, you're you, you tend to lean on the more liberal side anyway. Um, so whatever, I, I got to say, I agree with you, Paul. If you if you don't like this for whatever reason. Um, it's probably because you're you're biased in your opinions against other people. Uh, and if that's the case, I just don't want you listening anyway, so that's fine.
0: Yeah, if, if you read this book, you're like, oh, God damn it, Avi, you're fucking football players. You shouldn't do this shit. You got a fucking problem. So, <laughs> you know, like, re- reorganize your priorities and uh, don't listen to this podcast anymore and go realize that you got real fucking problems in how you view people, but... I don't really think that's going to be an issue, anyways. But uh, yeah, I was just—I was—I was super impressed by by what this confronted without being confrontational. I think is a good way to put it. Mm, yeah, um, I was—I was so blown away. That's why I read this, and right away I, I tweeted uh, one of my things. We were talking earlier about social media and about how we may be driven away by it. And I was realizing a while ago that uh, I hardly tweet. Like, I I respond to people, but, like, I was hardly originating tweets, so I was thinking about it. It's like, I know I have people that follow me on Twitter because of the podcast and because, you know, they want to see what I have to say and that kind of thing. Yep. I was like, man, I got to start thinking about getting interesting then. Like, I got to (laughs) say shit, you know? Like, how can I complain about not having Twitter followers if I don't say shit on Twitter, you know? Mm hmm So I was like, I'm going to make a conscious effort to start tweeting about stuff. And uh yeah, that means right now you're going to get a lot of tweets about baseball mm. because uh the Dodgers are the best team in the fucking world. So
1: uh, no one that, watch shit. that. You're going to lose followers that. that way.
0: Uh, but yeah, that's why I was like, you know what? This is what I feel. This is what I think. I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to tag Eric, and I'm going to you know tag everybody else that's applicable. And lo and behold, you do that sort of thing. And the next thing we know, a week later, we have an episode of this podcast that we're going to have Eric on.
1: Boom! Um, I
0: love how <laughs> I love how Dinesh was like, e-, you know, talk to Hunter, and I was like, I already <laughs> set it up with Eric, so Hunter better give him thumbs up to it now.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: was I was super impressed by this, and uh, you know, like I said, this this really makes me confident what Eric can do. And I hope that he continues doing things with Valiant. If anybody saw the tweets, uh, if anybody pays really close attention to Dinesh, you know that he likes to uh, really blatantly (laughs) give away secrets while pretending he's not. Correct. Um, But he, uh, he said, oh, this will be a great time for you to talk about issue number five, which clearly that means that this series going beyond the four issues we expected because we all thought it was going to be a four-issue miniseries yep and he said talk about issue number five so i cannot wait to talk to eric i gotta say like we've had people that i am bigger fans of on this podcast jeff lemire matt kent love those two guys Mm -hmm. i am more excited to talk to eric than i've been excited to talk to anybody we've had on this podcast
1: um i gotta say i agree with you uh, I've Part made... of it is
0: my, my, my place as a podcaster. Like my, <laughs> my place is talking to people because like uh my my confidence level is definitely at a different place as uh since when we've talked to those other people, but uh yeah I don't know. Like when you're too big of a fan, I think li- you know too much and when you're yep. not as big of yep, a fan you have a question. Yep. I that's think that's the a big place.
1: So it's no secret that uh Arrival was my favorite movie of the past year, so Uh, I'm super stoked to talk about Eric. Um, Let's talk to Eric, and I and and I'll do my best not to talk about a rival.
0: No, I think we should talk about something. Anytime we have a guest on the podcast, like we want to expose whatever we can of what they've done. And I mean, honestly, like it's not like we need to expose. Oh, sure. for people but <laughs> you know there's there's no shying away from stuff but i honestly i think sometimes we have guests that feel like that like oh well no this is a Valiant podcast you know we don't want to talk about this other stuff but no we want to talk about the other stuff yep yeah I, as we've said before as i've uh done my best to make it clear to martin before we are a podcast for valiant fans we are not a valiant Podcast Correct. friendly, like Correct. That's what we are. That's the function we serve. I mean, we we have valiant podcasts like VTR that, that dissect the books as uh, as errantly as it may be at times. Those Canadian viewpoints. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there's uh, there's what the hell other valiant podcasts are there now?
1: Well, there's there's, uh, there's talking valiant. Exciting. There's talking valiant, uh, which is Adam and Brett. Um, the, the Valiant podcast is quote unquote coming back um, I hope
0: they do come back so, so first before we move on Adam and Brett talking Valiant uh, they are challenging us with the Twitch
1: yes so but, you know, they, no, but, but notice no, that's not a challenge notice they were very smart with the Twitch they placed their Twitch immediately before we started our Twitch so when theirs is done ours begins
0: I I didn't notice that cuz I don't give a flying fuck about Twitch but <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyways that's what that's what they're doing so so yeah. I'm going to give I'm going to give a shout out to uh to Adam and Brett uh because before even though we're at episode 137 and they're at like episode 50 something um before we started this podcast Paul and I were both on talking valiant uh um, no, so, no no no, no. Well, yes, I got to correct you no, 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 no,
0: that is not This is true, 100%. yes it is No, 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 no It's not? No Well, we had you just started have it have been on there I definitely, it was early on, that's for I sure was was I was definitely on I be... on their podcast before yeah. we started our I w- podcast I was
1: definitely on there before uh, I was. we started this podcast
0: I just want everybody listening to know that I am a true value Central oh, podcast here we go For life
1: Here
2: we go
0: this isn't like, uh, you know, uh, you get those players that played, like, one year with a shitty team and then went to the good team. No.
1: Wah, wah, I am
0: BC motherfucking P.
1: Blah, blah, blah. Listen, Mark, I, lo- I love is, all the... Po- the po- I, lo- horror, look, I sure. love all the podcasts. Shut your mouth. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> there's, get, there's Get Valiant, um, which, uh, I wish they were in a different website, but you know what? I like those guys, uh, Eric and Josh. Um... What else do we have on? Oh, well, obviously a VCR well, and OTV, right?
0: VCR, OTV, OTV was the one I was thinking about That's a little bit different. They don't just straight up review the books. They're just kind of, I mean, I think they base it a little more on that, but you know, their, their talk is a little more, the bigger picture than just like reviewing the books that the VCR does. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, man, there's just so many value podcasts, uh, out there that serve different purposes or, you know, different people can resonate in different ways with um, you know, VCR OTV, only you know, uh, gosh,
1: shit, Oh I'm wait, there, there, there's the trade The trade one that I keep forgetting about the one that Josh was mad about, remember? Because they stole his podcast
0: Yeah, no, fuck them, don't mention them <laughs> Valiant effort you just come back Josh, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know you can't even get the old episodes anymore
0: that's just, uh, seriously that's just sad. Yeah. That 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 really is sad. You know, okay, so for anybody listening, uh I don't 100% know what's up with with Josh, like I mean just life, like life is busy, life happens. Uh because Josh is still in our our Facebook Messenger group, right?
1: Yep, he's probably got the whole group muted though.
0: Yeah, like he never comments except to, uh, every once in a blue moon he'll comment and like start chatting with us for a while like obviously the dude has like real life so oh, yeah. that you know that that's cool and all well, he's but,
1: got he's got a business to run dude so
0: yeah he, he's got a business man, he's got a family he's got kids so i will say that that uh joshua eaves is uh is a person that i absolutely adore and you know whatever he does, if he ever comes back to podcasting, everybody should listen to it. Valiant effort podcast, I think, is one of the very best valiant podcasts that ever happened. Uh, you know, it's like you look at the valiant podcasts that have happened, and you like you got to give OTV a ton of credit. They've been around for a long time and done a, to- a top-notch job. Um, and I think we are the definitely the loudest motherfuckers in podcasting right now. <laughs>
2: um,
0: you know, and, and VCR, you know, Chris and Gang, I think, are the uh, the most regimented Valiant podcasts. They have a purpose, and they serve that fucking purpose. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Valiant effort was something very special. They went through Valiant trades one at a time, starting from the beginning, and it was Josh as a seasoned Valiant fan from back in the day, and uh, whoever the fuck his friend was, uh what's his name, Nick?
1: Uh on Valley and Effort, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, Nick. Um and, so it was Josh and Nick, and Nick wasn't a comic fan. So it was a, a guy coming in green and it was Josh as the season fan. Uh and Nick I mean Nick was great too. I, could, you know, I I joke a little bit there. Um but yeah, oh man, it, they're not even available anymore. That is just sad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think Josh just canceled his uh, hosting. That's why he should have just let me host it because we have unlimited bandwidth.
0: Anyways, let's you, have, let's you have to say talk Paul. to Josh and see if we can get it. But yeah, Josh, if, if you're listening, I have no idea if you're listening. I haven't talked to you in a while, but uh, you mean a lot to me. You mean a lot to a lot of valiant fans. But uh, you know, we appreciate what you've done, even if you never do anymore. But just know that we always want you back.
1: I Agree. Josh is the best. I love him. All right. We're going to wrap this up. This has been episode 137 of the Valiant Central Podcast. Uh, Don't forget, next week we'll be talking to Eric Heiser uh, about the uh, arrival, about uh, secret weapons, about the Harbinger movie, about the Bloodshot movie, about the Harbinger Wars movie, about the the Harbinger Wars miniseries, not about baseball or baseball cards. Uh, You can find Paul at Who's Paul. Uh, maybe he'll start posting some interesting tweets. Who knows? He said he would, but I think Let's he's drunk, exactly, so he might be trying. lying. Uh, you can, of course, follow me at Geekvine. I post all the time because Twitter is the best uh, and Facebook sucks. And uh, the You should
0: really just tag me in every tweet and say that people should follow me.
1: Alright, I'll do that. The show is at Valiant underscore central and uh, I think that's it. Go check out NerdLegion.com for a bunch of uh, shows. There's the Aftershock show, there's a Best of the Rest for Indie Podcasts, Boom Addiction, uh, Collecting Valiant, Comics of Black and White, a Batman Podcast, Nerd Legion, Up and Oh man, and Bar is hilarious. I love- I love being on there, I love listening. Uh, Podcasts of Thousand and Holes, Rebirthically, uh, Marvel Podcast, This Podcast, and uh, What Did You Watch This Week? And maybe, uh, maybe, maybe another podcast or two coming. I can't- I can't talk about it. That's it! We're done! NerdLegion.gmail.com, at gmail.com, email! see you next week don't forget to send us questions for eric and uh join the facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash valiant central have a good night